speaker tonight, though, is Ryan Rodriguez. Ryan is an ordinand at HTV, and he's a great friend of ours. Many of you will be familiar with him. He's kicking off our series on the life and adventures of Joseph by looking at the theme of vision. Would you please give a very warm welcome to Ryan? Come on. Thank you, Susie. Thank you, Mark. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Summer Nights 2020. I, I'm so glad to be with you. Um, I, wish, I wish we were meeting in person, um, you know, I, but I'm, I'm glad to be here with you over Zoom. You know, I don't think that Zoom, um, that Zoom knew when they were planning to use their app that the, the raise hand function would be used in worshipping God. But I'm so glad that we're here together, whatever you're doing right now. Um, wh whoever you are, whatever you're facing, whoever you're with, um, we're glad you're with us. And I believe God has got something in store for each and every one of us on this call tonight. And, you know, we're in uh, a moment. We're in a moment as a world where we're, where we're pausing, where we're taking stock, where we're evaluating. We're in a moment as a world. But how many of you know that moments come and go? I don't just want a moment. I want a movement of the Holy Spirit. You know, right now, there's a lot of hype in the world. There's a lot of hype in the world. But hype never lasts. We don't need hype. What we need in 2020 is hope. And I believe that hope comes from Jesus and that's our plan that as we gather together over these summer nights, as we gather around the living word of God, the word of God, the living word of God, Jesus would speak to each and every one of us. And so if you have a Bible with you, why don't you grab your Bible, grab your notepad, grab a pen, grab whatever you need. And we're going to jump straight in. We're going to jump straight in. And I'm going to be reading from Genesis chapter 37. So if you've got a Bible, why don't you grab it and open it up with me to Genesis 37. And I'm going to share my screen as well. I'm going to try and share my screen. And let's see if we can get this Bible up for all of us to view Genesis chapter 37. Bible says, Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. And this is the account of Jacob's family line. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the son of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, and he brought their father a bad report about me. Now Israel, that's his father, loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age, and he made for him an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright, while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brothers said to him, do you intend, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his, watch this, because of his dream and what he said. Then he had another dream and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream. And this time the sun and the moon and the 11 stars were bowing down to me. 
when he told his father as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, what is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? Verse 11, his brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. And if you're looking for a title today and you're taking notes, may I offer this as a title? I'm a dreamer. I'm a dreamer. Let's pray as we begin. Father, I thank you for every single person joining us right now. Wherever they are, thank you, Father, that you know us by name, that you have a good and pleasing and perfect will for us. And I ask that as we open your word together, that you would speak directly through our devices and to our hearts. Would you open our hearts, our minds and soul? Would we leave this webinar transformed by an encounter with the living God? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Well, you know, it's crazy even seeing Mark and Susie right now in Brompton Road. I miss being with you physically in church. And actually it reminds me of one of the most recent times, or one of the last times I was in Brompton Road. It was a throwback to New Year's Eve 2019. How many of you can even remember as far back as 2019? We celebrated Kingdom Come together as a church family on New Year's Eve in 2019. That was how we kicked off the new year in praise and worship and confetti cannons. And I remember at one point during the night on New Year's Eve 2019 at Brompton Road, when everyone started getting pumped and they were shouting, 2020 is going to be the year. I'm getting 2020 vision in 2020. I find it ironic because nobody could have seen with their 2020 vision what 2020 would actually be like. Nobody could have seen this coming. Nobody could have seen a global pandemic. Nobody could have seen it. And yet it got me thinking about vision. It got me thinking about vision. And as we look through the book of Joseph, tonight I want to hone in on this theme of vision. You know, I love the story of Joseph. I really, I've always loved the story of Joseph. It's not just because I know all the words to the musical. Come on, somebody, I'm not the only one. But I really feel that Joseph, he's a character for this moment. And I believe his story is a story for our generation. Joseph, for me, he encapsulates so many of the feelings that I've had in my life. Joseph encapsulates feelings of wanting to make something of your life, of, of wanting to change the world, of wanting to make a difference, of wanting to influence those around me. And if you're taking notes, I want to pull out three points from what we've just read tonight in Genesis chapter 37. So if you're taking notes, point number one is this, write this down. God wants you to have a dream for your life. God wants you to have a dream for your life. And let me say it another way. God wants you to have a vision for your life. We read in the story in Genesis 37, in verse 3, we read that Israel, that's his father, loved Jacob more than any of his other sons. Joseph was, was Jacob's favorite son. The Bible said that's because he came to him in his old age. I also think it's because he came to Jacob and Rachel. Rachel was the one who Jacob worked 14 years for to marry. And now they have Joseph together. And Joseph, at this point that we pick up the story, he's 17 years old. He's young. He's a dreamer. And as we join him in Genesis 37, he's tending sheep. He's attending to the family business. But if you've got your Bibles open, look with me again at verse 5. 
the Bible said Joseph had a dream. If you've got a notepad or a Bible circle, that he had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him more than more. They said to him, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves, they gathered around mine and they bowed down to it. His brother said to him, do you intend to rule over us? And then he said, I've got another dream. He said, I've got another dream. This time the sun and the moon and the 11 stars were bowing down to me. Joseph had a dream for his life. And so as we kick off Summer Nights 2020, I want to ask you this question. Do you have a dream for your life? Do you have a vision for your life? Do you have a vision for your relationships? Do you have a vision for your career? Do you have a vision for your family? Do you have a vision for your home? Do you have a vision for your life? Proverbs 29 verse 18 in the King James Version of the Bible says, without vision, people perish. Without vision, people perish. But Acts chapter 2 tells us, quoting the prophet Joel, tells us that a sign of being filled with the Spirit of God, a sign of being filled with the, the living God, is dreaming dreams and seeing, watch this, vision. The Bible tells us that both the young and the old will dream dreams and see vision. You're never too young and you're never too old to get a vision for your life. And I believe God is asking us today, would we get a dream? Would we get a vision for our lives? But how many of you know that there is a difference between a God dream and a good dream? I'm going to say that again. There's a difference between a God dream and a good dream. You know, in lockdown, many of us may have tried new things. We might have tried Joe Wicks's workouts or, of course, baking the sourdough bread. Or maybe you even downloaded TikTok. You know, I'm, I'm a 90s kid. TikTok, to me, is a song by Kesha. <laughs> maybe you downloaded TikTok. It can be tempted to say, hey, you know what? This is great. I've got a good idea. I'm going to do this thing forever. I'm going to pack it all in and I'm going to pursue this now. But there's a difference between a good dream and a God dream, a dream that comes from God. Psalm 37 verse 4 says that God gives us the desires of our heart. Write that down. He gives us the desires of our heart, that he will put the desire in you. He'll put the dream in you. He'll put the vision in you. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, you are God's masterpiece. You listening to this right now, straight to your device, on Zoom, wherever you're watching this, on your phone, on your laptop, you are God's masterpiece, created anew in Christ Jesus to do the good things he prepared for you long ago. God has a dream for your life and you were made on purpose for a purpose. If you, if you have a pulse right now, you have a purpose. What is it you were put on this earth to do? What is it? That when God saw a problem in this world, he said, I know just the person who I'm going to send for that. You are made on purpose for a purpose. What's your vision for your life? What's God's vision for your life? And often in my experience, I found that vision often comes from frustration. You know, you see this throughout the Bible. You see this throughout the Bible. Nehemiah, Nehemiah is a story of someone who had a vision from God to rebuild the broken ruins of the wall of Jerusalem. He gets a vision. But where does it come from? It comes from frustration. Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 4 said, When I heard these things, said Nehemiah, I sat down and wept. It came from frustration. It came from frustration for Joseph too. The Bible says he was out in the fields. He didn't want to be there. 
He didn't want to be there. He was frustrated. Write this down. Frustration is the perfect incubation for your God dream. Frustration is the perfect incubation for your God dream. You know, some of us right now, we are frustrated. We are frustrated at the world right now. We're frustrated at the injustices of the world. We're frustrated at racism in the world. We're frustrated at sexism in the world. We're frustrated at poverty in the world. We're frustrated by the unjust structures in society in our world. But may I submit to you that frustration is the perfect incubation for your God dream. What if God wants to use that frustration? But you see, many of us in the face of frustration, we choose to step out. We choose to step out. We say, no, it's, it's too hard. God's clearly not on this. You know, God, hey, maybe you've thought this before. May, God, I thought you'd call me to this workplace. I thought you'd call me to this job. But man, these, these people are completely disorganized. So I'm out of here. Or, or God, I thought you were calling me to, to write songs. But God, hey, nobody's vibing off them at the minute. So I'm out. I guess I misheard you. And in the face of frustration, we step out. But may I submit to you here on this call, God is looking for believers in 2020 who in the face of frustration wouldn't step out, but would step in. Step in to all that God is calling you to be. Who would step into his plans, who'd step into his purposes, who'd step into his vision for your life. What if God is using that frustration to birth in you a vision? But I think we learn from the story of Joseph that you should be careful who and when you share your vision with. Who and when. For Joseph, he had this dream. He had two dreams. The first was of sheaves of corn and his brother's ears of corn bowing down to him. And Joseph decides, you know what would be a, a good idea? I'm going to tell my brothers. I'm sure they would love to hear the dream I've had. And so he tells his brothers. Wrong move. Wrong move, Joseph. His brothers already hated him, the Bible says. He was his father's favorite. He was his father's favorite. He had 11 siblings. Now that's, that's a lot of hate to take. You know, it's not like me and my younger brother, where clearly I'm my mom's favorite. That's only one other sibling to compete with. He had 11 other. And to make matters worse, he was given a sign to show that he was the favorite. He was given an ornate robe, we're told. And then he tells them his two dreams, one of the corn and then their corn bowing down to his corn. And then he says the other, which is the stars and the moon. And he doesn't even use metaphorical language. He says, he's talking about his star. He says, it's me. You are bowing down to me. He knows fully what this dream means. And his brothers asked him, do you intend to rule over us in verse eight? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he said. They hated him all the more because of his dream. And what he said. And he even tells his dad too. And the brothers, they don't like what they hear and they plot to kill Joseph. God gave him a dream for his life. God gave him a vision for his life. But the dream wasn't ready to be shared. Be careful who you tell your dream to. I can't help but think of Mary, Jesus's mother, who when God gives her a dream for her life, when God gives her a vision for her life, the Bible says that Mary pondered these things in her heart. That's what Joseph should have done. He should have pondered these things in his heart. So what we should do in the face of vision, ponder in our heart, because God is doing something in and through us, but the dream, the vision might not yet be ready to be shared. You know, you know how we do it. God tells us something and we're like, the first thing we do 
I've got to post it on the gram. I've got, the haters gonna hate. I'm just doing what God told me to do. Take the selfie. He told me I'm gonna be on stage to millions, so don't hate me now, don't at me. God's got it, 2020 vision. But the dream's not ready. The dream's not ready because my second point is this, write this down. God will refine every God dream. God will refine every God dream. You know, who wouldn't want Joseph's dream? Who wouldn't want people bowing down, admiration, affection, power, position? That sounds great to me. You know, any of you who have siblings on this call, how good would that feel to have your siblings bowing down to you? But the crazy part is, the dream is from God. Like the writer of Genesis makes it very clear that the dream is from God. You know, the things that you're passionate about, God wants you to be passionate, passionate about them. He put those passions in you. God wanted to use Joseph. God had plans and purposes for Joseph's life, big plans and big purposes for Joseph's life. He got the call. He got the call up. He was off the subs bench. He'd been given the jersey, ready to play in the starting lineup. But there is always a crucial next step with vision. And that is we have to submit our God dreams. You're taking notes. Write that word down. Submit. We have to submit that dream to God. Write this down. A dream that is not submitted to God is a nightmare. A dream that is not submitted to God is a nightmare. What does submission mean? I heard it put this way. Submission simply means being sub to the mission. It means coming under God's mission for this world. It means coming under God's plan, coming under God's purposes. Submission, because a dream that is not submitted to God is a nightmare. God is asking us, would we allow our dreams for our life, our visions for our life to be refined? The Bible talks about refining. In Psalm 12, verse 6, the Bible says, the Lord's promises are pure. God's promises to you right now on this call, they're pure. The Bible goes on to say, the Lord's promises are pure, like silver refined in a furnace, purified seven times over. Anytime God gives you a vision, he will purify it. He will refine it seven times over, the Bible says. That's the biblical number of completion. John 15 says, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. He refines. He cuts off. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. In the church world, we call this process sanctification. Every God dream needs to be refined. It needs to be purified. It needs to be submitted to God. Why? Because if that dream turns into selfish desire, it will destroy us. God wants to use you. He has a plan for your life. He has a purpose for your life. You are God's masterpiece and you've been purchased by the blood of Jesus. Amazing. Praise God. But our plan, our vision for our life now needs to align with God's plan for our lives. And sometimes we need to take the focus off of ourselves and see the bigger picture. God had given Joseph a gift, not only the gift of having dreams, but he'd given him the gift of interpreting other people's dreams too. And Joseph thinks that that's going to boost his own profile. It's going to give him more Instagram followers. It's going to get him the right LinkedIn connections. He's only thinking about himself. Joseph didn't see the bigger picture. That God's dream for Joseph's life, his purpose, his plans for Joseph's life was part of his plan 
for salvation. It was part of his promise to Abraham that he would be a father of many nations. I don't think Joseph thought about God's fulfillment of his covenant to Abraham when he was downloading his God dream. And so Joseph tries to get the fulfillment of his dream, God's dream, in his own way, in his own time. And so he decides to tell his brothers. He decides, I'm going to make a way for this thing to come to pass. And he told his brothers, have you ever wondered, what, I mean, what did Joseph think was going to happen at this moment? He's going to tell his brothers, you're going to bow down to me and like some kind of swivelly chair on the voice and they press a buzzer and they're like, yeah, Joseph, they get the I Heart Joseph t-shirts printed. What did he imagine? How did he imagine that scenario playing? But watch what happens. They plot to kill him. Verse 12, we read his brothers were in Shechem. Hang on a minute. He was meant to be there too. You know, at the start of the story, Joseph was in the field with his brothers. And now they're by themselves. Why was Joseph not with them? What had changed? He'd been blinded by his own dream. And it had stopped him being obedient. It had stopped him submitting. And I can't help but think of David. David, who when he gets a dream from God, when he gets anointed as king, he goes right back into the pasture where God called him. Why? Because he was being prepared. He was being refined. And actually it was that season of preparation for David that God used when he had to defeat Goliath. David says, I practiced on the wolves and the lions and the sheep. He was being prepared. Preparation is uncomfortable. We don't like it. Can I be honest? I do not like the word preparation. I want, I want the, we live in an on-demand society. We live in a on prime society where we can get what we want when we want it. We want the glory now. We don't want the preparation. We want the prize, but we don't want the process. C.H. Spurgeon said, if I had 25 years left to live, I would spend each of them in preparation. You see, preparation may involve pain. For Joseph, it involved getting rid of the thing he valued most, admiration. The coat being the favorite, it represented it being his dad's favorite. It represented attention and love and recognition and approval. And as Joseph walks to Shechem, his coat was the very thing that gave his presence away to his brothers. And they see the coat in the distance and they plot to kill him. And they see him and they take his coat and they tear it up. And they pour goat's blood over him. And they put him in a pit without food or water in a hot desert and they leave him for dead. And right now for us on this call right now, as we say, God, use us, as we say, God, use me to influence the world. God, use me. Give me the dreams and let me see them come to pass in my life. As soon as we say those words to God, as soon as we pray that prayer, preparation begins. Without a warning, you're being prepared. And that is why having a vision for your life is important. Write this down, because vision gives purpose to pain. We'll all face pain in our lives. We'll all face suffering. You know, I love the story of Joseph, not just because he's this big dreamer, but the story of Joseph is a story of his dreams being fulfilled. It's also a story of immense suffering. 
The story of Joseph is set against the backdrop of nationwide famine that affects the whole region. Economies are destroyed. Families are torn apart. We're reading about a pandemic. And yet, isn't it funny how in the face of nationwide, worldwide tragedy and pain, the story of Joseph also is a story that points to God's faithfulness. Many times we think pain and suffering is a sign that God has left us. So when the storm comes, when the rejections come, when we go through the breakup, when the business deal falls through, we think that's a sign that God has abandoned us. But he hasn't abandoned you. He's preparing you. Even when we don't see it, he's working. Even when we don't see it, he's working. Vision gives purpose to pain. Joseph is no stranger to pain. We find him here left for dead. We'll see in the upcoming weeks, he'll face prison. He'll face the pit. He'll face false charges, false charges and accusation. And that's why I want to look at Joseph. That's why I love Joseph. Because he's a story for our generation for this moment. Because Joseph gets it wrong. He makes mistakes. He makes it about himself. He suffers. He hurts. He's rejected. And God still uses all of that. You know, the crazy thing about Genesis chapter 37 is God's not even mentioned once in this chapter. He's nowhere to be seen. Doesn't life feel like that sometimes? God's nowhere to be seen. God, where are you? Maybe you've wondered that in the last few weeks and months. God, where are you? You're quiet. You can feel like God has accidentally hit the mute button on the Zoom call. Where are you? I love this week I was scrolling through Instagram and this verse popped up. It's Psalm 105, verse 18 in the Passion, in the Passion Translation. Psalm 105, verse 18. God's promise to Joseph purged his character. Another translation puts it as refined his character until it was time for his dreams to come true. God will refine your dream. But point number three, write this down. God will make a way for your God dream. Joseph's in a pit now, left for dead. But I want to show you something as I close. Remember, I mentioned Abraham, the father of many nations. God gave him a dream too, many, many years before Joseph. He gave him a dream that he'd be a father of many nations. But the problem was Abraham was old and his wife was infertile. There was no way they could have a child. And so Abraham, a bit like Joseph, tries to take matters into his own hands. And he, he ends up having a baby with his wife, Sarah's servant, Hagar. That's a bad move. They have a child together, Ishmael. Abraham eventually realizes his mistake and they go on. He goes on to have, have another son with his wife and they name him Isaac. Isaac who's Jacob's father, who's Joseph's father. And that's the line that God uses to eventually bring about Jesus, the God of Abraham, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Have you ever wondered what happened to the, the illegitimate son, Ishmael? You know, what about the mistakes? What about the time that Abraham did things his own way? when he didn't follow God's plan? What about the, the secret sin that no one knows about? And maybe you're here today, and maybe you've made mistakes in your life, and maybe you think they disqualify you. Maybe you think that they disqualify God from using you. I want to pick up this story in Genesis 37 as I, as I close. I want you to see this. 
We see in Genesis chapter 37 and verse 25. We read, as they sat down to eat their meal, they looked up and saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. Their camels were loaded with spices, balm and myrrh, and they were on their way to take them down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, what will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood, his brothers agreed. So when they came by, his brothers pulled Joseph up out of the system and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt. Who took him to Egypt. Who was it that was riding by in the peak desert? The Ishmaelites, the descendants of Ishmael. The mistake that was never meant to even be his descendants come riding in and they are the very thing that God used to take Joseph from the pit and move him to Egypt where God wanted him to be. Not dead in Canaan, but alive in Egypt where God would use him to save the nation and fulfill his dream and God's purposes for his life. Romans 8.38 says, all things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. God's purpose for your life is greater than your mistakes. It's greater than your failings. It's greater than your pain. It's greater than COVID-19. It's greater than what you've lost. It's greater than what's been taken from you. God is working. Even when we don't see it, he's working. Even when we don't feel it, he's working. God's purposes remain. And the dream was from God. It was God's plan that he would raise Joseph up and use him to fulfill the promise made to Abraham in Egypt. But you see, Joseph, as he's left for dead, when it looked like his dream was over, when it looked final, when it looked like there was no way, it reminds me of something that happens many years later. You see, Joseph is what we call a type and a shadow, and he points to another person in the Bible, someone else who was left for dead, hung on a cross with blood shed, Someone else where it looked final, where it looked over. But Jesus' moment of greatest sadness and sorrow, God turned for good. God's working all things. And you see, as I close, for me, the story of Joseph is, is personal. I didn't grow up believing in God. And aged 18, roughly the same age Joseph was in this story, after getting five rejections from all my universities with facing no real prospects for my future, I eventually got into university after reapplying and I didn't know God. And to be honest, I made a load of mistakes, a load of mistakes. I didn't have identity or purpose and made mistakes that looking back, I thought would cancel me from being ever used by God. And after finding faith eventually at university through some friends who were Christian who shared their faith with me, I felt like actually God broke my heart for those who were like me who were far from God. And that's vision. It started with frustration, the way things were. I wanted people who are far from God to come close to God, to know God as their savior, who, to know that God loves them as they are. And I thought I'd spend my life in music, but God was refining that vision. I didn't realize what God's plans were for my life, but God gave me a vision to reach people who are far from God. And he's been refining that, will continue to refine that vision. But next summer, I'm gonna be ordained in the Church of England. And I believe that God is still refining my vision and I believe he will make a way for the dreams and visions he's put on my heart. But I learned that the things I thought would disqualify me were actually the things that God used to qualify me. I'm learning that every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. If you have a past, 
Guess what? God wants to use it. He wants to use you. He's turning all things for good. And I'm praying for each of us listening on this call as I close that you would receive a vision from God tonight. You would receive a vision for your life. You'd see that you were made on purpose for a purpose. You'd be reminded that you were God's masterpiece. That you would receive a vision for your life. That God would refine that vision. He would refine and purify and prune. And that we would trust that for every God dream, even when it seems like there is no way, God is the God who makes a way. In Jesus' name. Amen.